Well, grace you all in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus, who has risen from the dead and the power of our Holy Spirit. The power that raises the dead. Amen. Well, I don't know. I'm going to share a little something about myself personally, and that is I'm a new granddad. And there is nothing I enjoy more these days than sharing photos of my family, especially my new grandson. So I thought I'd start out by sharing a little photo fun, kind of some family albums here of my kids and their children. So here is uh, my son Joshua and our daughter Samantha, and there is Declan. They live out on the West Coast. And then there is, uh, yep, there's a family. We all got together. Even in the pandemic, we found a way to get together as a family. That's how important family is, right? You find a way. And here is my daughter Abigail and our son Derek. And there is their brand new uh, son, Gavin. And he is just about five or six weeks. And uh, yep, we found a way to get down there and be with them too. Because that's what you do with family. Yeah, you try to be together. Family photos are fun to look at. They remind us of who we are, we've come from, and sometimes how much we have changed. Our passage of Scripture today kind of does the same thing. And especially in this second lesson that Meg read for us from 1 John. It reminds us of who we are and where we're connected or how we're connected. Let me read for you those three verses in 1 John in chapter 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this, when He is revealed, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. That's an awesome couple verses there. If you ever forget what kind of relationship God wants with you, you just have to read that first part of chapter of verse 1. See what love the Father has given us. You see, a relationship, much like my family, is based on love. Our relationship with God the Father is based on love as well. If you ever doubt who you are and whose you are, all you need to read is this passage. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So if you think faith is only about, you know, sometime when I finally die or pie in the sky in the future, that has nothing to do with today, you're wrong. Today it says, beloved, we are God's children now. Not someday, not when we get it all figured out, not when we're perfect, right now. You know, Jessica talked about identity in her message, and Jesus was kind of wrestling with his identity as well because no one seemed to know who he was. Even when he showed him his, his hands and his feet and the scars of the nails, they still didn't quite know. In fact, it says that with joy they were still unbelieving. When Jesus was right there, he said, touch me, watch me eat, I'm alive. Is it no wonder that John would say, the reason the world does not know us is that it not know him? That is Jesus. Even the disciples didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus was misunderstood all through his ministry, nearly by everyone, especially the disciples. Is it no wonder that we who follow Jesus might be misunderstood as well? It's not easy for many of us who want to fit in and 
be appreciated by everyone around us. But today, the writer of 1 John is uncompromising when he makes this statement. If we are children of God, yes, and that's what we are, the world will not know us or understand us. So, it's as if we face a choice. Either we enjoy the love of the world and the respect of our contemporaries, or we let our lives be claimed by the love of God. And if we let the love of God make us into the children of God, then we really should expect that many people today might have a little trouble understanding our values as those who follow Jesus and our sense of identity. In a culture of individualism, it's all about me, we belong to a community the body of Christ. In an age that seeks security through violence, well, followers of Christ seek solidarity, forgiveness, and peace. In a society that finds personal identity through social networking, we find our true name in the waters of baptism and in following Jesus. If that makes us odd, it does. So be it. But we don't like to be odd, so we want to smooth over it. But when we do that, it's at our own peril. Because when we feel right at home here, we should wonder whether we have traded the joy of the divine, the divine love, for the comfort of social acceptance. You see, the source of our oddness is the love of God that makes us into God's children. Knowing that we are loved by such a love, confessing it and consenting to it, we agree to be made different, to let ourselves enter a process of transformation from that natural identity to a new identity that's formed in the waters of baptism. You see, our birth certificate states our natural identity, blood and flesh. Our baptism declares our true identity in the waters of baptism, word and water. By God's love, we're no longer strangers, orphans lost in the cosmos, that we're without hope or direction. We are loved. We are claimed. And we are redefined as nothing less than God's children. It is by sheer love that we are adopted out of the social systems of the world and into the family of God. Be in the world, but not of it, the scripture says. We still live here, usually in a home that looks pretty ordinary. And like everyone else, we do our work, we pay our taxes, support our neighborhood, we care for a common life. But unlike everyone else, our true heart's true home, our heart's true home is in a different place in a different time. And that's why we're misunderstood. You see, the love of God, John tells us, makes us nothing less than the children of God. The trouble is this. We don't always act like it or think like it. And we don't always look like children of God. Not yet, at least. But the truth comes before appearing. We are God's children now. John tells us, because God has claimed us for that relationship. Never mind that we have more changes to undergo. As God's children, we do not appear until Jesus appears. When he comes, we become visible. Radiating outwardly the truth that till then is hidden. Only then are we fully, purely, and completely like Jesus. 
For now, we live in a social world characterized by violence and greed. Not only that, but our own lives are twisted and tangled by a combination of our own sin and the effects of the sins of others. And that makes us broken. It makes us incomplete. It makes us yearn for peace and holiness that we can't grab onto enough of yet. Yeah, the world doesn't understand us because we have been given a new identity. But in a deeper sense, we don't even understand ourselves because we live kind of with a, a double identity, the old and the new. Luther would call it saint and sinner, all at the same time, old and new. We're being transformed, but for now, well, we're not quite there yet. It kind of makes us a little incomprehensible to ourselves. We don't quite understand who we are. We look at ourselves and we know the old identity is too plain to ignore and too powerful to escape. And that grip of that old identity, it pulls us down. It can throw us into despair. But the new looks too good to be true. And too often, you know what we say to ourselves? A child of God? Not me. Did God hear my thoughts? Did God see what I did? Did God see the way I reacted? Or I had an opportunity to do something I didn't? Henry Nouwen wrote, We forget so quickly that we are God's beloved children and allow the many curses of our world to darken our hearts. Therefore, we have to be reminded of our belovedness and remind others of theirs. And that's why we're here on a Sunday, Easter, reminding ourselves and others that we are Easter people, children of God. But we're met with another truth. Not grounded in the experience of our own brokenness, but resting on the promise of God's love. This is a truth impossible to believe apart from the gift of faith. Martin Luther would say in that third article to the Apostles' Creed in the small catechism, I cannot by my own understanding or effort believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies. That's the gift of faith. It's from God. The truth is that God's love has staked a claim on us over, that overwrites the truth that we think we know from experience. We experience our brokenness, but it is God's truth that declares we are whole. It is by experience that we have that lingering grip of sin, but God's truth declares that we are holy. We experience impurity, but God is purifying us. But you know what happens? We trust our own experience more than we trust God. We believe the sorry facts of our broken lives more than we trust the saving promise of Scripture. God's truth is more true because it is deeper truth. It is final truth. A truth not of what is, but what shall be. It is the truth of grace that is greater than our sin. When we look into our hearts and ask, am I a child of God? We have to learn to stop saying, not me. And instead learn to utter a deeper truth. Not yet complete. But yes, by the grace of God, I am God's child. Not yet appearing, but already claimed. Not yet complete, but already begun. I am a child of God. Say it with me. 
I am a child of God. Say it with me one more time. I am a child of God. You are not creatures of this world. You are not what this world tries to make you out to be. You are children of God. And in hope we cling to the truth of what God is already doing in us through the Holy Spirit. Sanctifying us. Transforming us. You know, Dr. Tony Campolo, a pastor and author, likes to tell how God is like a grandparent who visits with friends and relatives and then begins to pull out all those pictures of their children and grandchildren. And the grandparents will say, like I did at the start of this sermon, hey, there's my son Josh, here's my daughter Sam, here's my daughter Abigail, here's my son Derek, and here's my grandson Declan, and here's my grandson Gavin. And Dr. Campolo asks, has it ever crossed your mind that God does the same thing? Because you are God's children. We don't have to worry if the picture you're looking at isn't as beautiful as you think it should be. God sees you. God loves you. And that's when the true beauty comes out, through God's love. Remember, there is always more grace in God than sin in us. Remember, God sees us and knows us and promised to love us in spite of ourselves. I'm a child of God. Say it with me one more time. I am a child of God. See what love the Father has given us? That we should be called children of God and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. Thanks be to God. Amen.